All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. This is the podcast where we highlight undiscovered talent. We're scanning Y Combinator, Pioneer, Product Hunt, Twitter, Indie Hackers, all these different networks to find really interesting founders and interesting projects and startups. And we feature them on the podcast before you've probably heard of any of them. And what's great about this is you get to follow along on their journey as they become more and more successful and say, I knew them when. So thank you so much for tuning in to Forward Thinking Founders. And let's get into our next founder you haven't heard of, but you will. All right. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we're talking to founders about their company, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to have on the show Andrew Jernigan, who is a co-founder of Insured Nomads. Andrew, welcome to the show. How's it going? It is going well. Thank you. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. I am doing pretty well myself, sipping on my second cup of coffee for the day, feeling feeling great. And I'm also stoked that we're talking so we can learn a little more about Insured Nomads. So to start... Um, can let's uh, go over, you know, what are you working on? For people that don't know what Insured Nomads is, what is it? We are an insurance company providing international products for those who are living a globally mobile lifestyle, whether they are traveling a lot and they need travel insurance, or if they spend most of their year outside their passport country. So that would be a health insurance plan versus travel insurance, and including international term life insurance as well. So creating innovative products for the globally mobile. So would you say, I mean, this, this might be answered by the name of your company, but like there's this whole crop of people popping up that are digital nomads. They spend some time in one country, some time in another, and then they just keep moving because they have their whole business and life like on a laptop. Would you say this is the primary demographic that you, that you target? Or I'd love to hear about some of your kind of people that use insured nomads to, uh, to stay safe around the world. Well, thanks. Actually, 20 years ago, I set out living away from my home country and I had never heard the term digital nomad. So sure, that genre, that following of individuals will gravitate toward us, but there are many that are expats, that are teaching in a university overseas, that are drilling wells in Africa, that are a small mid-sized company opening an office in a new country, or a, a company that wants to give benefits to their employees that are, um, you know, an overseas assignment here and there, working remotely. So it's, it's a broad group of individuals from study abroad, teach abroad, uh, to orphanage workers and the professionals. Yeah, that, that's awesome. It's cool to hear all the different kind of use cases or personas. You said you were doing this, you know, a while ago, which is awesome. You beat like the Tim Ferriss crowd. Like, I feel like after Tim Ferriss wrote 4-Hour Workweek, just all the digital nomads popped up, but you were into it before then. I'd love to hear what about traveling interested you, you know, back then, and what was the inspiration for you to start, uh, to start this company? Whoa, inspiration to start the company. I'll jump into that one first because, you know, I've been in this lifestyle of living around the world, traveling for for these 20 years now. And my co-founder, one of our co-founders, 
is my wife, who is a global health doc. Specialized in travel medicine, we built a clinic and lived in Ghana, West Africa. Many times we had folks coming to us that didn't have insurance and crazy things happened. It's just not cool. I had moved over there. Couldn't get life insurance anywhere, term life insurance, because of being outside my home country more than two, two weeks out of the year on that application form. Uh, so the need is there for stronger products because sadly, many of our uh, peers in the industry market travel insurance for those who are living an international lifestyle, which is not right. Now, yeah, it's it's been a wild ride for me with working in the industry from the global insurance side to travel assistance and working alongside a travel med doc as well. So it's, it's been a fun journey, but it's, it's been one that I've learned a lot over the years. Something that I, that I definitely am curious about is, I mean, on your journey, we'll have to learn about some of the things that you've uh, learned about some of the things that you've learned. And then addition, um, kind of a second question is I'd love to, um, well, actually let, let's, let's start there and then I'll dive into another, another element of what you do. So what have been some of the things that you've learned about nomadism, global and, you know, global insurance, different products, et cetera, um, you know, on your, on your journey so far. One of the major things that, stands out to me because I've, I've worked remotely with large corporations and then with the own with companies that I've started and led that is it can be isolating and it can be very fulfilling I know those are opposite but you can stop and swim with the kids I've raised my kids around the world so three kids who've lived in four continents in many countries in every form of schooling, from online to homeschool, to bring a teacher with us to international school, local school, and most recently boarding school for my oldest in near Basel, Switzerland. And yes, he just had to fly back through Madrid um, in coronavirus um, pandemic. So being able to be flexible and stop, play with the kids, go to a movie in the middle of the day, but yet also push through till late at night if necessary, because it's when you're doing something you love, there is no such thing necessarily as work-life balance. That's life is serving people. And you can have so much fun doing it. And it's great to hear my kids respect and love what we do because protecting people is one of those acts of valor where I see us as, as ones with a shield and a sword where we've, we're standing in front of the individual, making sure the harm won't get through to them. And if it does, we pick them up and carry them to safety. 
So sure, remote working has its challenges because it can be isolating. You've got to go out and find community. You've got to maintain those from a distance. You had uh, Rajiv on from Tandem some time back, a great episode. You know, and having a virtual office to where you actually get to know people, even though you may never see them face to face, you don't get to take them out to lunch. But having that, that relationship, it can often be deeper from a distance than it is face to face. Because face to face, we can just go back, we can just say, well, we don't have anything in common with them, so why go out to lunch? But from a distance, we can actually spend a whole lot more time with someone. It's, it's, uh, it's funny you say that, because since the, the coronavirus you know, has happened, um, my girlfriend and, and I had been working from home, and she noticed that I, although seemingly in real life, like in person, don't have too many friends. I have a few close friends. She's observing that I have a ton of virtual friends that live all across the world who I've met on online networks. And it's just, I feel like these are some of my best friends. and I haven't met any of them, at least in person. Um, so it is the power, um, the power of technology, the world, uh, and just what the internet has like enabled us to do is like pretty, pretty, um, pretty special. You mentioned in there about the coronavirus and I just mentioned it too and I and I would be remiss you know not to ask what are you seeing in the industry you can share whatever you want but you know the coronavirus is impacting the world and you you know you kind of serve the world in some capacity um can you give me an idea on you know what is it like for your business what is it like for your customers again you can go as in-depth or not as you want but I would love your perspective on this as you have a unique vantage point Yes, it's been interesting to see how it's affected people's view on insurance. Because many who have a globally mobile lifestyle were told that they could live on travel insurance, but then the pandemic has hit and their travel insurance doesn't cover uh, any infection by the virus. So, it's kind of been a wake up call to them to realize that they need international health insurance instead of travel insurance. Cause they're not on a trip. They're in a lifestyle. So even those that are in their home countries oftentimes are turning to a saying, help, I need insurance or they flew back to their home country and they didn't have insurance in their home country because they didn't anticipate being there. And they need something to cover them in case they get it. So overall, the awareness of the necessity of someone else to take on the financial risk has been elevated. But on the flip side, health insurance costs will definitely go up as insurance companies are having to foot the bill for a lot of people that are in the hospital even if they only stayed for a couple of days, that's, we have hundreds of thousands of people in some countries now that are spending time in hospitals filing claims. So it, the repercussions across the industry will be interesting to observe as we move forward. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I'm intrigued to see what once this is all over 
and you know if a second wave comes once that's over um because a lot of viruses like this have a second wave i'm just wondering what the uh what life will look like and you know you were talking about remote work and i think a lot of companies are now forced to you know do remote work and they're going to find out if they like it or not curious do you have any predictions on um, specifically remote work and this you know this nomadic lifestyle do you think this is going to grow in popularity after this is all done? Do you think this this all this could be like negative to that, you know, overall in its growth? Or I don't know, how do you how do you think the coronavirus and the outcomes of it are going to impact remote work and nomadism and just kind of like kind of traveling around the world like um like people have been for 20 years? Well, we've been on a trajectory of exponential growth for those who are working outside the office. Earlier today, I was on a call with someone who said, well, I can't really get off my company health plan in the U.S. because they don't know that I spend most of the year outside the U.S. They think I'm down the street at home. So working remotely is, is skyrocketing anyway, but now, the companies realize that they can, these people that are keeping the company going from home, they can close down offices. Banks will be able to realize that, you know, we could actually stay in business without having all these branches. Um, everyone will be readdressing how they do business. Hilton Hotels has been work, doing all their reservations from people's living rooms for years. So their reservations center call center is not suffering right now except for the fact that probably not many people are calling to make reservations <laughs> but right <laughs> peter levels wrote a book called make the bootstrapper's guide and in that he cited that probably by 2035 which is 15 years from now we'll have over 1 billion digital nomads. Probably by then, it'll go by a different name. Probably won't be called remote workers because that'll be the norm. They'll just be called workers. Uh, laptops will look quite different in 15 years. Phones will as well. Think back 15 years, what they look like. If you look back in time. So, but the number is the key to focus on with that. One billion will be working from wherever they choose. Our industry in international insurance has focused only on expats, those that are on an international assignment by a multinational company. So you had to choose which country you're going to be residing in. With ours, you just choose a region where you want coverage. Sure, you have to say where you're living at the time that you get the policy. That could be an Airbnb in Budapest. But you choose your region. No one else does that. So where do you, if you think, or if Peter thinks, and, and, I, and I think this is right, I actually have been following Peter Levels um, for a little while, really impressed with nomad list and other things that he works on um well actually i have a question on peter um how do you know i i look at peter 
from the perspective of like the uh, like one of the leaders of the makers um you know he was early at product hunt building all these projects you know nomad list like very successful maker um but he also is like the lead one of these leaders of digital nomadism because of nomad list because of you know the fact that he is a digital nomad i'm curious like what, what how do you view peter is he like a legend in this space is he one of many like i'm tr- curious to get your perspective on the impact that he has had and what he will add and just I don't know, get your view on him. That's funny because he is, he started nomad lists as kind of a blog listing. Okay. I was in this city and they had good Wi-Fi. next trip. I was in this city. They had good Wi-Fi, and the hotels are expensive, etc. And then he decided to crowdsource it to where everyone could list a city and it's a massive list. So yes, he's an incredible maker with many more things than nomad list, but it's getting a simple idea, working on it, scrapping it, rebuilding it, seeing what the crowd says that it should be, tweaking it, being willing to just say, nope, doesn't work, let's start something else. So I think it's an accidental leader of digital of the digital nomad movement but certainly has been a an incredible influencer in it there's nomad gate which is another yeah list yeah yeah that, that um that makes a lot of sense um, yeah. I, I, I'm interested, can you elaborate? And then I have a couple more questions and we can wrap it up. You said you think he's like an accidental, um, influencer of, of, you know, digital nomadism. Do you, do you see, do you see that happening with the internet? They're becoming more people who kind of fall into this almost position of being leaders or influencers of, of. Of, of industries or in, within digital nomadism or not. And um, I don't know, do you think that this will happen in the future? There'll be more people like Peter, or do you think that this industry um, isn't obviously done? It's only growing. It's growing very quickly. Um, but do you think um, there's only going to be kind of a, like one Peter? How do you view about influencers in this, in this, uh, in this world and in this time? Unless they keep evolving they won't be an influencer because we won't be referring to things as, Oh, do you have my app or do you have, have you been to our website? Those are, you know, you don't have to put WWW in, in anymore. There's simple illustrations of how it's evolving. And many people grab a platform. They grab a, a concept and say, okay, that's going to be, how I'll be an influencer. But unless we're willing to constantly uh, grow, then I don't think we'll have as many influencers as we think we have now. We have people who have visitors. We have people who have followers. But are they saying anything that is influential. Yeah. I like that. That's uh, 
it's quite, I think a question for anyone with over like, you know, I don't know what's considered a quote unquote influencer, but some of these people with like 50,000 followers, a hundred thousand, a million, you know, it's an interesting perspective. Um, so you're talking a lot about the future and I would love to hear about what the future looks like for insured and nomads. Uh, so, you know, 10 years from now, let's say, let's say 15 years from now, the year is 2035. And, you know, the same year that Peter's saying a billion people will be remote workers, although we call something else. What does your company look like? What's the big vision and where are you rowing to? Well, currently there are five major players in international insurance. One of them being Aetna, which CBS bought and is, you know, not interested in the international space. I want to be one of the big five, which will probably be one of big, the big three at that point as it gets smaller and smaller. The, you know, we, we started last year and our online transformation is underway this week as we, as we talk. So we're early in the game. Most are focused on either international health plans or travel insurance. We're looking to provide a full portfolio of products for those who are living the location independent, remote, nomadic, expatriate lifestyle that will cover them from whether they're disabled and they still need money coming in to dying and leaving money to their parents or their favorite charity or their health insurance or their lost or stolen laptop. So it's, it's a wide portfolio of products distributed through brokers around the world and through a, we have, we've partnered with one of the best affiliate brand ambassador influencer marketing networks that exist. So that's our army of um, voices as well to carry it around the world because our products are not, not location specific. We're insuring people from countries all around the world that are living in another country other than their own. So I see us as a creator as the world is evolving into a free-spirited movement where people aren't, they don't own their houses, they don't own their cars, they don't own their, um, they don't stay in a hotel necessarily. They're, everything is shifting. So we've got to shift with it. And to make that happen, you know, you're going to need a lot of help. Just like you're talking about, you got your army of voices, you're, you'll need employees, potentially investors, maybe not. But you also have these listeners that are listening to you right now that want to help, that are listening to what you're talking about, listening to your takes on remote work and digital nomadism. They're like, this guy's cool. I want to help. So now I would love to hear any asks that you have for the people listening. What is something that you could use help with? that the forward-thinking founders community can you know, answer the call for? How, how can we help? Well, thank you for asking. You know, we're a company of hope, a company that's caring 
but most of all, we're a remote company. I do want to touch on the fact that we're a company that cares. We're, we're born as a social impact venture in partnership with Not For Sale. Uh, that's notforsalecampaign.org to help fund those that are trapped in human trafficking. Uh, to get them out, to feed their kids, to get the kids out of the mines, the factories, sex work, etc. So we're a social impact venture. We care about our insureds, about everyone. So we need people on board that will join us in customer service, but are bilingual, multilingual, that are willing to do it from their laptop wherever they are in the world with excellence. We need folks who are willing to pay for their lifestyle, uh, referring customers our way through our brand ambassador program. And that ties into the fact that we're looking for ways to get publicity. We have, I thank you, Matt, for having us on, on the podcast. You have incredible no followers, and I, I count it an honor, really. Thank you. Yeah, you got it. I appreciate you, uh, appreciate you coming on and, um, you know, sharing all your knowledge on, you know, I don't think I've had an, a founder come on that, that is kind of in this, like this very much so digital nomad maker, remote global world. So it's very cool to have you come on and talk about it. And, um, and yeah, so I appreciate it. And uh, thank you for telling everyone how they can help if they wanted to get in touch with you, find you on the internet, go to your website, you know, email you, what's a way they can get in touch if they wanted to, you know, answer one of your calls or, you know, help out in another way. What's the website or an email or something like that. Insurednomads.com and on any social media channel or chat, it's insured nomads, whether you're using line, telegram, WhatsApp, discord, etc. We're at, at insured nomads so we look forward to hearing from you we hope that you guys that are listening will join us in making sure people are protected and living with peace of mind not just those that are insured but those who need a voice all right well thank you so much for coming on keep up the good work and keep being a leader in this space it is it's exciting to watch i'm looking forward to following you so i hope you have a good rest of your day Thank you, Matt. Okay. Thank you, everyone, for tuning into that episode. I hope you really enjoyed it. And luckily, there's another one coming up real soon. But before then, I have a couple things to tell you. First, if you're listening to this and you think you're working on something cool or you think you're smart, hit me up on Twitter. I am at Matt underscore Sherman, and that is Matt with one T. So hit me up. Shoot me a DM. And I'm happy to check out what you're working on and maybe we can get you on the pod. But at the very least, I'm happy to give you feedback on your product or project or startup. Lastly, if you can please rate this podcast in the iTunes store, that would be awesome. I'm trying to get up in the rankings so more people can discover these awesome founders. And the only way to do that or one of the ways to do that is growing with rankings. So if you like what you're listening to, please just go onto the iTunes store, give it five stars or four, you know, or three. I'm not going to tell you what to give, but just tell whatever I deserve, you should rate that. With that, I'm signing off. 
See you next time. Bye.